0: Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. Amen. If you have a Bible, turn with me, please, to the book of Matthew. And I want to read uh, out of uh, of chapter 1. And I want to have a look at verse 18. Now, I just want to say this. I have never, ever preached any part of really this message. Uh, and, and, and it dawned on me that as I, as I studied it, as I sort of had a look at what some of the other commentators talk about, there is not a lot of messages concerning the life of Joseph. We, we know a lot about Mary. We know a lot about the wise men. We know a lot about Herod. We know a lot about the, the inn in Bethlehem, and there was no room there. But we don't hear uh, a lot about Joseph. And there's a number of reasons why. And I'll talk about that that in a moment. But I want us to look together at Matthew chapter 1 and have a look at verse 18. It says this. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed, now that word betrothed, I, I just wanna, I want you to bear that in mind. It, it kind of means engaged, but it kind of doesn't. And we'll have a look at that in a moment. Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, which is uh, consummated the marriage. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, somebody say just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. And bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took him his wife, and did not know her. And again, that means did not uh, consummate the relationship till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. I heard a pastor sharing a story, a third-hand story of a a hard-hearted sceptic that went up to a preacher after he preached a, a Christmas message. And he said, I don't believe that story, and I don't believe that you believe it either. The pastor replied, well, you're mistaken because I do believe it. Then the man gave this challenge to the preacher. Suppose a young woman, about six months pregnant, walked into your office, said, I'm expecting a baby. This is the only boyfriend I've ever had. He has never laid a hand on me. I conceived this baby miraculously by the Holy Spirit. Would you believe her? He, he thought the pastor would say, "Surely not." But to her, sorry, but to his surprise, the pastor said, "Yes, I would believe it." Then after a long pause, the preacher added, I would believe it if the birth had been foretold by prophets hundred years before the baby was conceived. I would believe it if an angel visited this boyfriend and said, do not be afraid to take this woman as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. I would believe it if that when that baby was born, wise men traveled, traveled from afar and brought gifts to worship him and a star guided him to where the baby lay. I would believe it if the sun had power over the wind and the waves, over death and disease. I would believe it if her son died on a cross and was raised from the dead three days later. I would believe it if the sun went out on a mountaintop and visibly went up to heaven while an angel stood by and said, this same Jesus who was taken up from you to heaven will so come like in the manner you saw him go to heaven. And if his disciples through 2,000 years were numbered in billions, I would believe believe it. What a great comeback. At the, at the end of the day, what is the most unbelievable story was prophesied. Uh, it, it, was, it was arranged by the Lord in heaven. He made it happen. It was supernatural in, in the way it worked. And so we look at this story of the young lady, Mary, who gets impregnated by the, the seed of the Holy Spirit. But often what we neglect to talk about or think about around Christmas is the other hero of this story, and that is Joseph. Yeah. Now, the, the life of Joseph, I find interesting in studying this. I was fascinated as I, as I prepared this message, uh, even, even into last night. The thing, the thing that's quite amazing about Joseph, who's the, technically the stepfather of Jesus, the Bible doesn't say too much about him. And here's the thing that's even quite, quite incredible. There is no word quoted that Joseph spoke in the Word of God. We don't know one thing Joseph ever said. There's not a quote. Uh, we, don't, we don't even hear anything like, why me, God? Or how can, this be? how can this be? All we know about him is he's the earthly father of Jesus. We know he was a carpenter by trade. We know he's in the royal bloodline of David. And we know that he was married uh, by an arranged marriage because that was the custom in those days. We don't know any more about Joseph other than what we see in his life and in his character. And so when I, when, I, when I studied this out, we start to learn some things about Joseph, and we don't learn them from anything he says. We learn them from the way he walked. And you know, the truth is, I think there's a lot more weight on how we walk than even how we talk. Now, look at the life of Joseph, and we, we learn from the actions he took, and his message was to us more how he walked than the words that he even spoke. And in a lot of ways, I do believe that's how it should be for us. Because I don't know about you, I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit of a Pentecostal charismatic. We're good at talking it up. you know. We're, everything's spiritual. Everything's wonderful. And, and, and we talk uh, things up and we know how to talk the talk. We kind of have the church lingo sometimes. But do you know, there, there is so much more weight in just how we conduct ourselves in the everyday integrity of life. And that's what the world sees. We can say one thing and live another. Can I say, if I have chicken pox, I can't talk you into having measles. You'll catch what I've got, not what I say. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the truth is, as as, as, as Christians, I, I, I believe Joseph is actually an incredible example to us about life and about godliness. And I thought we could have a look at Joseph today. And really, I want to call this message, The Unsung Hero, of Christmas, because I see stuff in the life of Joseph that I believe is relevant to us and how we live and how we serve God. The first thing we'll see in the life of Joseph, number one, is selflessness. You know what? I I think Joseph had a tough Christmas. I don't think it was the easiest Christmas for Joseph. Your wife's having a baby. You're not the father. No one believes you're not the father. So you don't even get to have, have the benefits of the judgment that you're about to face. Uh, moving right along before I get caught in a ditch. But let's let's just put it this way. Joseph was selfless. Are you you with me this morning? Are you happy? Joseph, uh, I would say in many ways, Joseph, and, and I love this expression, is probably the most put upon person in the entire Christmas story. Put upon. The word put upon really means to be taken advantage of through having one's good nature exploited. In many ways, by God, by, by, by Mary, by, by the angel. Poor old Joseph. He had to really, in a lot of ways, he had to suck it up that Christmas. He really had to endure. It was not his best. Some of you whinge because your mother-in-law's coming over. Imagine if your wife had somebody else's baby for Christmas. Why are you so quiet this morning? These are, these are things that concern me. I think, poor Joseph. And he's a good man. He's selfless. We see this. We, we, see, we see a young man filled with hope for the future. Yeah. See, filled, filled with, uh, uh, I mean, he's starting a family. He's building, he's just got his apprenticeship. He's a qualified carpenter. He's ready to go. And, and he's, about to, he's about to step into a life full of potential. And he's engaged. But engagement isn't how we think it is. In this in, in, in this in, in in Jewish law and in Bible times, if you got engaged, you were married. You were committed at that point. Because there'd been transactional things take place, but you would you 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 wouldn't have uh, sex together, you wouldn't you wouldn't consummate the marriage until the formal moment. But your betrothal is actually the first step into into marriage. And it can only be stepped out of through Divorce. So Joseph was committed to this girl in many ways. When it comes to an arranged marriage, it's a bit different to us. You, you get to meet someone, fall in love, and but in those days, your parents made the decision. Uh, I thank God it's not like that now because I know uh, some of the ideas my parents had. Uh, my God in heaven, oh Lord Jesus, I don't think I'd be a Christian anymore. Uh, that's extreme. Betrothal, engagement couldn't be broken without divorce. So this man is in this holding pattern knowing he still has to marry this girl but this has now happened. He, he gets told uh, that she's pregnant and she's carrying God. Can, can, I, can I say that? That would, that would be a pretty phenomenal, phenomenal interruption of your engagement. How's your engagement going? Great, she is pregnant. Not to me, to God and, and she's giving birth to God. How do you tell your friends about that? <laughs> hey, hey, Pastor Keith, something strange happened. Just got a call from Donna. Uh, no one would believe you. People think firstly you're lying. And so in his in his good nature, he had a choice. He's heartbroken, he's devastated, his future's on the line. What does he do? Does he bring her for public shaming so she gets stoned? No, the Bible says out of selflessness, his first consideration is that he'll put her away privately because there's two crimes here. There's adultery in, in the eyes of people. Obviously, that never happened. And there's blasphemy. Obviously, it never happened. But the truth is, if you, if you claim to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit and then to say uh, it, was, it was supernatural... You, 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 people are going to say firstly you're lying you've committed adultery and you're blaspheming the spirit of God that's a high crime yeah. Yeah. and so this is what Mary did and Joseph in his kindness was just going to put her away is it not? And, and not in a mean way but just break the engagement quietly and move on but in many ways I don't even know if it was love that caused him to do that because I don't know if he had found love in his heart yet he may have we, don't, we just don't know another thing that uh, we should consider is it might have been out of just respect for Mary's family. I don't know why, but we, all we do know is Joseph wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't vindictive. He wasn't, he wasn't selfish. He was kind. And he says, I wanna, I'm just going to handle this the right way. We'll break this quietly. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. And then we read. Let me just say this before we go any further. Matthew tells us in verse 18 that Joseph was a just man. Somebody say just man. That word just means equitable in character, innocent, holy, and right. The Bible says in Ezekiel 18, 9, If he has walked in my statutes and kept my judgments faithfully, he is just, he shall surely live, says the Lord God. He was a just man so he wanted to do the right thing. I love that. Selflessness uh, comes from a just heart that says, I want to do right. We don't know too much about Joseph. We know that he was a just man, and we know that that manifested in selflessness. And can I say at Christmas time, that's a great way to walk. That's a great way to be. If Joseph can survive Christmas, you can survive Christmas. If Joseph can get through it, he had a few hurdles. Maybe some of you have some family battles. And I can tell you personally, in the whole family, we have family challenges at Christmas time. It's not always easy, but what do you do? You keep your integrity. You walk with a just heart and a right heart and and be selfless. Treat your parents with respect. Treat your siblings with respect. Honor your family, even if they're total nutcases. I don't know if you've got any in your family. You might say, I have none. Well, there's one in every family. So if you don't think you have any, you might be the nutcase. And judging by this service, I feel like the, the, the quantity's fairly high. <laughs> he wanted to do the right thing. He could have demanded justice. I've known, I, one thing I know is that just people don't demand justice. They understand that God's a justifier, that God makes a way. And so justice for Mary could have been so bitter. But thank God, an angel comes and speaks to him and gives him a word. I I, I what I love about this is even before he, Joseph was to raise Grace in his house, but even before Grace entered, we see the grace of God on Joseph's life. I want to talk about more of that in a moment, but even before Joseph was technically a Christian, he showed Christ-like character. He showed Christ-like integrity. He showed Christ-like honor. I I don't know about you, but I I, I can't help but consider as I'm studying this, and and I'm not not in any way taking away from Mary, but I don't imagine God would have sent his son Jesus to be born to a home of a wonderful mother and a terrible father. I I really do believe that God would have looked at that whole household together. And so wasn't, we, we honor Mary, Mary's integrity. That's why she was, that's why Jesus came through Mary because Mary was God's chosen. So was Joseph. And even before Joseph raised Jesus, we see a selfless man who exhibited grace. I wonder if God picked Mary more because of Joseph even than Mary. I'm not saying that's the case. Don't, don't leave this place going, that's what David said. It's not what I'm saying. They're just questions that I ask while I'm studying this. I wonder if God looked and said, I see a man of integrity. He's just. He doesn't run off at the mouth. He considers things. He's, he, he's selfless. Uh, he, he already is, uh, what's the, exhibits the qualities that, that I want my son to exhibit. There's something even Christ-like about him. I, I, I can trust that household because I see the hand of God on Mary. The Bible says favored is she, but I, I see the integrity of Joseph because there's something about a father that molds their kids. There's something about a dad uh, that, that is a compass in the lives uh, of, of people and, and the impact that Joseph, even though God was his heavenly father and he submitted to the will of, the heavenly, of his heavenly father, Joseph molded him. Joseph taught him to ride a bike. Joseph taught him to ride another bike. Uh, Joseph was his earthly father and developed character, trained him, taught him, loved him. I say all of that to say this, what a selfless thing for a man to go, I'm going to do this even though this child is not my own. He was selfless and God saw it. God saw the merciful nature of of Joseph. I, I, I just think this is quite amazing. Someone could be like that, and an angel speaks to him. and says, "Hey, this is this is the will of God," and he submitted to the will of God. Number number two, I don't just see, I don't just see selfishness. We see patience. The Bible says in verse twenty, while he thought about these things, the message says, while he was trying to figure a way out. We don't really, we don't really know why, but we do know Joseph was not irrational. He took his time. And this is before God spoke to him. He considered things. One, one translation says, after he considered all of this, he didn't just act, boom, I'm going to make a decision. Get out of my life. He was slow. He was thoughtful. And he approached it with patience. How many times do we make mistakes when we don't approach things with patience, we make rash decisions. We react instead of respond. And, and, and we, we, we say harsh words that do long-term damage based on temporary emotions. I, I learned from this because I want to be uh, more like him. He didn't make rash judgments. He wasn't impulsive. He, he, you know, he, he, he didn't think emotionally and, and, and be emotionally charged. He, he took his time, obviously, and considered what to do. And he said, I'm going to, with grace, I'm going to handle this. You know, I've got a friend, his name's Ian Skonkin. And uh, he's been a friend of mine for many years. as a pastor in a great church over in California. And uh, when he, when he helped Benny Perez start his church in Las Vegas. And, and so uh, they planted this church. And so when churches plant, there's no real room for staff. But one thing pastors can do for a living in Vegas is they can go and work in the wedding chapels in Vegas and do these weddings. So Ian was uh, do, doing weddings Late at night in Vegas, sometimes at three in the morning. There was even even drive-through. You can do a drive-through wedding in Vegas. It's awesome. But this is what I do want to tell you. Uh, One day he's minding his own business in the wedding chapel and the door opens. In walks Britney Spears and and this dude that she's about to marry. So he does the wedding and and he prays them and all that. Twelve hours later, she annuls the wedding and and walks away. And, And the truth is, what leads someone to get married and divorced in 12 hours. That's some kind of a record. What happens is impulsiveness. Impulsiveness has never ever made any of us make good decisions. Yeah. Some of us when we're mad, we just shouldn't make decisions. Yeah. Some of us when, we're, when, when something really... Troubling happens. We need to have some poise about us and say, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm going to calm down before I make my decision. Can I say, I've got two little boys? How many know that when you discipline kids, you shouldn't discipline them when you're mad? Because they know you're mad and you know you're mad, and it's not right. We have to, when our kids drive us a little bit crazy, uh, what, what do we do? We, we, we calm down before we go and handle that situation because we want to show, we want to show patience. We want to exhibit the, the goodness of God. And, and, and maybe that's part of the reason Jesus turned out so well, because he had a patient father who wasn't quick to anger, but raised him with wisdom. You know our law even allows for crimes of passion? Meaning we get so wound up in the moment. We get so caught up that... If we kill someone in anger, sometimes it can be called manslaughter and not even murder because we didn't mean to. We just lost our, we lost our marbles. How often, how often can we get to a place where a lack of patience can cause us to even walk in sinfulness? Can I say at Christmas time, let's be patient. Some of you go into Christmas and there's challenges that take your joy. Can I encourage you? Be patient. Be selfless. Be patient be selfless. You know, everything you do that seems like a sacrifice, God sees as seed. Whenever God requires us to sow, He requires us to sow because He has a harvest on His mind. And if we go into Christmas selfless and patient, you watch God do miracles in families and be a blessing in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Patience, hasty decisions, often close the door to the work of God. Joseph's his willingness to be slow to make a decision gave time for the angel of the Lord to speak to him. If he had reacted in that moment, banished his wife, would have been too late. And he could have killed the seed of God. Imagine if he had said, that's it, go to, go, you're done. They would have stoned her in that moment. And that very thing that was placed, that very person placed there by the Spirit of God in Mary would have been killed with Mary, crucified before his time. Now, I want to say, I want to say this to you. It's so important that you understand that because of his patience. I'm not talking about Holy Ghost anointed patience. I'm just talking about the discipline of a patient, considering heart gave room for God to work. Sometimes, can I say, so often Christ is in the mundane. We celebrate Christ in power, Christ in, in miracles, Christ in glory, all those things. You know, just every day living by the word of god and just walking in wisdom gives so much room for god to move on our behalf his patience made room for god impulsive decisions make no room for god this christmas let's let's be a people who make room for god by being patient in our lives in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen if you believe that this morning? I really believe this is a word for somebody. I believe it's a word for me. The psalmist says in Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen: wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Isaiah 40, verse 31, you all know it, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Patience, 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 it's evidence that the Spirit of God's working in your life. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. The Spirit of God in us should anoint us. Maybe, maybe you go, how do I get through Christmas? Say, Holy Spirit, I need your anointing. I need the power of God because I've got some crazy people in my family. I've got, a, I've got a mother-in-law that bites me. I've got a father-in-law that judges me. I've got a sister that... I've got family. And I've got Christmas. And it's coming and it's going to cost money. My Visa card. It weeps every time I pull it out of my wallet. It holds on for dear life. Maybe you actually have to take your wallet to the plaza on a stretcher. because it's, let, me, let me say this to you. How do you survive Christmas? Let's have a patient spirit. Let's rely on the Holy Spirit. I mean, if Joseph can have wins by just natural patience, God anointed patience. I know this is simple preaching. I know we're not doing a big message on the incarnation. We're not talking about following the star. But sometimes, you know, when Jesus got filled with the Holy Ghost, what's the first thing he went about doing? He went about doing good. The miracles and the authority over devils, that actually came after goodness. Goodness. And I'm all about the miracles. I'm all about the power of God. I want more of that in 2018. I'm believing God. It's our year of unprecedented favor for our church. But let me say this. I still believe it's we, we, the first step we take is just the goodness of God. Kindness. Forgiveness. Maybe this Christmas you need to forgive somebody. Maybe this Christmas you just need to decide, you know something, I'm going to repair that relationship and see God do something. Can I give you, can I give you one more thought this morning? I see patience. We see selflessness and we see faith. Somebody say faith. Faith. I love this because Joseph, we learn about faith. Because what's faith? Faith is acting on the Word of God. It's an internal conviction with an external response. Faith is knowing what God says and doing what God says. Faith comes where the will of God is known. And an angel who's a messenger of God speaks to Joseph. and And he says this, and I love this. He says, go ahead, take Mary as your wife it's going to be okay it's going to work trust God because because it's not just going to work for you you're actually going to give you're going to give birth she's going to give birth to the son of God and and so he demonstrated faith through obedience you know it takes faith to obey the word of God and when you do, God's power uh, comes alongside and helps and we partner with what God wants, that's faith. And, and we see that Joseph is guided by an angel. Now, I've never had an angel speak to me. I've never even had an appearance of God. I hear God through His Word. I hear God through His voice, the leading of the Holy Spirit. But however the message comes, it's not about who the messenger was. It's not not about the fact that it's an angel. Mind you, I I think these circumstances required more than a sense of peace. I'd need an angel, a burning bush. I'd need a parted Red Sea. I'd need an upper room. I'd need a Damascus Road. I'd need the whole thing. I'd need to let there be light. I'd need the whole lot. But here's the thing. Right here, he hears the word of an angel, a messenger from God. And he obeys by faith and he believes. I love this. I I love this so much because he obeys the word of God. And and what happens? We now walk in salvation and newness of life. You think about every every little piece that had to go into the puzzle of redemption from Genesis all the way to Matthew. Every piece required obedience on somebody's behalf. It, It required supernatural moments. God's hand was on this process for all of eternity. And we see right here, the faith of Joseph. I don't know how he didn't make it into Hebrews 12. I want to add him in. I know that's completely wrong and I might go to hell for it. But hey, faith. Somebody say faith. Faith is us following the word of God. Can I give you what Joseph's faith? gave him before we saw the full manifestation of redemption in Jesus. We see he, it, faith got him scorned from his family, embarrassment in his community, laughs and the loss of friends, a journey with a pregnant wife from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Can I say it's bad enough a pregnant drive? Uh, when, when Donna gets pregnant, it's so interesting. <laughs> Both times Donna's been pregnant. One day... We're in the kitchen because I work very hard in the kitchen at home and, and we're in the kitchen and Donna just snapped at me and I can't remember even what she said. She just got snappy and, and, uh, and so I just said, sweetheart, and this is honest, I, th- th- like most stories I color in my favor, this is actually what happened. I said to her, I said, Donna, you just need to be a bit nice. You don't need to speak to me like that. She goes, what are you going to do about it? So I tell you what I did about it, I went to the chemist and got a pregnancy test because I knew that this wasn't my wife. Bang, pregnant. <laughs> Two years later, we're driving to, <laughs> We're driving to the city. And, and, I, and we're, we're parking the car in, in the Maya car park. And this woman, I've got the right of way. This woman wants to cross the road. So I darted through, and Donna starts yelling at me going. Oh, you just had to prove that you were, uh, you were the superior driver. She should wait for you and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I had to ride away. What is wrong? I then go and park the car. That's a terrible park. And I mean, it is, it is on. I asked Donna permission to share these stories. She said, she said no. Uh, <laughs> so she's going off at me. She's going, you're parking too close. Blah, 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 blah. How are we going to get out? It's okay. It's okay. Oh, you're too far in. You're too far. blah, blah. blah. And then it dawned on me, shiz with child, I knew. So how did I respond? I went and bought a pregnancy test. Guess what? There was two lines and now we have a boy called Samuel. I want to tell you right now that traveling a rocky road, whether it's on horseback, I I can't think of anything more miserable than enduring Middle Eastern heat with a six-month pregnant wife on horseback. Joseph was a good man. A better man than all of us. Nowadays, I just get an Uber and send her by herself. (coughs) No famous quotes. No earth-shattering acts of valor. Just obedient faith. And then he brings forth the Son of God. Can 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 I tell you the thing that blesses me the most? The Bible says... The angel says in verse 23 of Matthew 1, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel. But verse 21, I love this. This is what the angel says to him. You'll bring forth a son. She'll bring forth a son. Listen to this. And you. Somebody say you. So he's talking to Joseph. And you will call his name Jesus. The greatest right that a man could have in Jewish times, in Bible times, The statement of authority was the right to name the child. Adam had the authority to name the animals. It was a a great privilege that Adam was given. The father of a son, the privilege is to name his child. And it's interesting that God still allowed the name to be given by his earthly father. His earthly father and his obedience. What a gift that Joseph was given. The angel said, hey, name him this. Joseph says... When Jesus is born, this is his name. His name's Jesus. He gets to give him a name that the, oh man, he gets to give him a name that'll cause you and I, we just call on the name. Our our, our eternity shifts from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. He gives him a name where we can come before him when we've got sickness in our body and say in the name of Jesus and the spirit of God gets involved. He got to give him a name that would trigger all power over heaven when used in faith. That name, oh my God in heaven, what a privilege. Maybe it's a bit inconvenient. Maybe he has to bring his step kid on his honeymoon. But do you know something he got to to give? He got to give the name that is above every name. He got to give the name that will cause devils to leave somebody's life. He got to give the name that shakes heaven and earth. He gets to give a name that today is as powerful as the day it was given. He got to give a name that gives us forgiveness, past, present and future, miracles, healing. He got to give us a name that causes us to be able to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's given us a name that when we use, all of heaven comes into agreement when we use his name in faith. Joseph named Jesus. Sure, he was prompted. He could have named him George. I'm glad he didn't. Well, I love Pastor George. There's no power in the name of George. There's no power in the name of Keith. No power in the name of Dave. All authority's been given in a name, and Joseph got to give it to him. Wow. Isn't that awesome? He had the faith to listen to an angel in total obedience. The Son of God, what an honor. One of Joseph said, I've got his name. His name is Jesus. I tell you, for me, I love Christmas. I love Santa. I love Father Christmas. I love all of those things. All of that stuff's fun. I love Christmas trees. I'm not one of those Christian families that don't let our kids just enjoy the everyday fun of Christmas. I tell you, when you take a moment at Christmas time, and still at the end of it all, keep in mind that there was a little baby sent to Earth, whose purpose of being born was to die. And I think of that little guy right there. I love him with all of my heart. My instinct is to protect him. Because he's my boy. God in heaven. God in heaven sent his son to die. Joseph. He knew that all of this only so his son could die. I mean, the selflessness of Joseph and Mary at Christmas. I think that's how, that's how their first Christmas went. I, I mean, this is a bumpy ride. There's so much more to the Christmas story. But I see Jesus. But I see the beauty of God. And so many other people who made that story possible because of their obedience. You know, sometimes your obedience is, is bigger than you. Your faith is, is bigger than you. His obedience was bigger than just himself. His obedience allowed the saving of mankind. So much responsibility was in Joseph's power. So much responsibility. One bit of disobedience could have thwarted the whole agenda of heaven. And I thank God there's a man called Joseph who was selfless, who was full of faith, and had the patience that we need to have in order to see God do that which he wants to do in our lives. And Lord God, we thank you that you came. Lord, we thank you that you're alive and you're real. Lord, this Christmas, I pray as a church tonight, today, Lord, let we, we, although we celebrate all the froth and the craziness of Christmas, ultimately there's one who reigns supreme. And Jesus, you are the center of everything. And Lord, we exalt you today. We bless you in this place. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, if Joseph can survive Christmas, we can survive Christmas too. In the name of Jesus, I just wonder if every head could be bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're in the room today and you don't know Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Maybe you've never ever surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you don't know what it is to have your sins forgiven and to be born again. And you're in this place and you would say, David, I need to get saved. David, I, I need Christ to come into my life and forgive me of my sin. David, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be separated from God. I want to live with Jesus for all of eternity. If you're in this place and you'd say, David, I want you to pray for me. I need to get saved. I need to get my life right with God. I don't want to embarrass you today, but I don't want to close this meeting without giving you an opportunity to meet Jesus because He loves you. He has a plan for your life. And I don't want to embarrass you today, but while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I just want to know who I'm praying for. If you'd say, David, include me in your prayer. I want to give my heart to Jesus. Would you sip up your hand so I can see who you are? We're going to pray a prayer for those that lifted their hand. I'd love you to pray this out loud with me. And uh, one of our pastors will come talk to you after the service and pray with you. Give your Bible, help you in your journey of faith. But let's pray this together. Can we, dear God in heaven, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me. I'm sorry for the things I've done. I'm sorry for the way I've lived. And I repent. And I ask you into my heart. Wash me clean, Lord Jesus. I believe that you died on a cross in my place and that you rose again from the dead to give me forgiveness and relationship with you. And right now, Lord Jesus, I accept your salvation. I thank you right now. You are the Lord of my life. And from this moment, I'm born again, I'm saved, I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. Let's all stand. I'm going to dismiss you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.